Please go have intercourse with yourself, then have intercourse with your mother. My name is Matthew Kroll. We don't have that in the fridge. How about ice cream? My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film The Creator. Are we the creators? Of this? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Are we the creators? <laughs> Thank you. That was a very Ovid response. Just, just making sure. <laughs> uh, it we would are- be hilarious if there was like and the, uh, a random voice just stepped in and was like, Actually, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, God. Um, but we are not the creators of the podcast medium, even though we are the only po- – we're the creators of the film mm. podcast. Of course, yeah, the originals. The originals and the only. Yeah. I mean, it's in our name, and if we wrote it down, it has to be true. It's like – it's literally like Ramses II. I've been doing a lot of Egyptian okay, history. Okay, yeah. So Ramses went in and was like, yo – all of these temple walls are great. And even though I lost the battle of Kadesh, like whatever, I'm just going to like chisel over everyone else's shit. And because it's a temple to the gods, anything on the walls is the word of God. So that makes it true, right? right. That's exactly what we are doing with the fact that we are the only podcast about movies. Wasn't Ramses also uh, Ozymandias' password in Watchmen? Most likely, <laughs> yeah. because because yeah. then the poem is a is is yeah. direct reference or inspired by Ramses the Great's yeah. statues, <laughs> yada yada yada. Yeah, so it all checks out. How are you doing? I'm fine. My brain is working on overtime. Overtime. We, this is a morning record for us, which we haven't done in a little bit. Uh, we have not been in the same room for a little bit. You guys did Beetlejuice last week. We did. How we was did. the 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 Halloween reigniting of Beetlejuice at the end of it? Did you shake, shake, shake Sonora? It was real fun. I, I, um, I just loved, I, it's funny. I forgot how much I really enjoyed that movie and how much of a hot mess it is. Yeah. Um, and then I went down a deep dive actually, um, Last night, I was out at a, a creator dinner, and I met uh, Broey Deschanel. Have creator, you ever watched? Creator dinner? Not, yeah, the creator <laughs> dinner. Have you ever watched uh, channel Broey Deschanel? No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she is a phenomenal uh, sort of film, uh, or, or or I'll say like the, um, the, the oeuvre of like, not just like talking about specific films, but like genres and things, whatever. She did a whole Tim Burton retrospective, so I went back and watched that, and that was really good. So I've been on like a... I've been on a Halloween uh, Tim seen, Burton kick. You've seen the steady decline. Yeah, well, that's I think what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's what the video is called. Like the, it's something to decline or the what happened to Tim Burton. You're like whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Tim Burton. Well, uh, so I mean, look, <laughs> we all can't shine forever. That one day, one day, Shahir, this podcast will not be as good as it is. I think that has surely come already. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, but uh, the thing with Tim Burton, I, you know, it's funny. I think I'm thinking about this because of uh, I, I watched The Flash. Uh, oh the, god yeah i haven't watched the I flash. watched the flash yeah it was on it was on um uh hbo max and i was kind of or max or whatever it's called and i was curious because i think my son would like it so i was i, I just watched it to see if he would like it yeah um it's interesting because of the tim <laughs> it like the use of tim burton in that movie as simulacrum is really interesting and then like having michael keaton's tim burton pop up but like clearly removed from anything that was tim burton yeah and that it it feels very strange and then uh even uh and this is not a spoiler for the flash but uh there is a brief appearance of a alternate superman i think everyone played, knows by yeah, this yeah, point. yeah played by nicholas cage which yeah. is going to be tim burton's and it's it's just a very very strange movie again i didn't actually didn't mind the movie to be honest with you it's oh, like wow. it's, it's like uh, but, but maybe that was because it was devoid of like any stakes in terms of having to discuss it. Sure. I think um, I will only watch that movie if I watch it as the creators uh-huh, intended, uh, which is how I watched the Zack Snyder Justice League cut, which was or the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, mm-hmm. um, which would be to pound 
a 12 pack of White Claw and live tweet it while I do it. Right. Okay. Um, that's what I did last time. And if I ever watch The Flash, I think that is what I'll have to do. So the tweets would often be, uh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my it, God. Oh my it's God. videos of me getting progressively more drunk and yelling about the different chapterings of the film or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but speaking of yeah. only getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a mini a mini announcement for our 450th episode, which is coming up. Yeah, we're what are we at? We're at 447 right Eight. now. 448. This will be 448, I think. So, this, so uh, I want to announce what the topic is for our 450 episode. As as we always do, like do every 50 episodes, we like to do a special topic. It has been a while since we've done, uh, you know, a deep dive episode. So the episode that I would like to do for 450, and this is my pitch for it. I think we've all agreed on it. Is blind spots right and actually <laughs> Shahir, i'm so sorry yeah. that is correct we are doing that i was wrong this is 449 oh so it's the next episode it's the next episode oh my god unless i'm wrong email us in gmail.com. let us know if we're wrong i'm looking just at our website and i'm seeing if like i messed up a number okay but uh, I'll check. I'll check the hosting site. There's some live tech. To- uh, you know. You know what it is. Is we did have like a mini episode come out at one point. I know, but I didn't count that. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear uh, our our lack of planning here. But at, at no, any it rate- is. It, so, uh, uh, it, so yeah. There's one more. Yeah, no. This is it. This is 4:49. Okay, so next week's episode. Shit. Is going to be. <laughs> okay, we will announce more details of this on Twitter so that it doesn't just come out at, at you. You you still have two weeks. Or no, you still have a week at this point, but you would have heard about it at this point. We just discussed this plan, like, we're going to announce this this week, and then next week we're going to announce what the movies are, and and, and that just completely went away. Okay, here, here we go. Let's reset. Okay. <laughs> shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. Our episode 450 is going to be an, ex- an exciting topic of movie blind spots. What are movies that you feel people talk about? And you kind of have to shy away from the fact that you haven't watched it. You, the audience, our movie-loving public. The Topam fam, the to- as it were. The Topam fam. What are some movies that maybe Matt and I have discussed on this episode sure. at length where you've gone, uh, I don't know what they're talking about, or, or I can't really contribute to that conversation. This is your opportunity to start to... to, to go back and find a movie that you feel has been a big blind spot Watch it, and what we would love for you to do is to record. We, we want these recordings to be just one minute long. Total. Total, one minute long, but record just a quick little intro as to what you've chosen as your blind spot movie, why it is a blind spot movie for you, and that's it. And then I want you to stop the recording, watch the movie, and then tell us what you whether it was worth the wait. That's it. That's all I want to know. Whether it was worth the wait... Did it, did do you feel regret from the fact that you haven't watched it uh, up until this point? Uh, anything about it that made you excited or not? Maybe you was like, you know what, two thousand and one, a space odyssey ain't all that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh huh. Um. So I mean, you'd uh, be wrong. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I, eh, I there's slow parts. I, I actually ran this uh, as a Twitter conversation uh, a little while ago, and I asked people what uh, were their blind spot movies. There was a lot of Kubrick, a lot of Hitchcock, a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson of all things. Yeah. Uh, people hadn't seen E.T., Shawshank Redemption, The Godfather, um, 2001, Vertigo, uh, all of these movies. So figure out what your blind spots are. I, I can tell you some of mine. I have not seen Lawrence of Arabia. I have not seen Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's going to be my blind spot movie. I've picked mine. You've already picked yours? I've picked mine. You've made the decision. I've made the decision. We were going to save it till next week. Okay. But since it's, since it's going to 
be recorded next week. Yeah. I feel like I should say it. I've never seen Heat. Michael Mann's Heat. And here's the truth. Yep. I, 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 I'd i be interested uh, if a certain uh, Topham historian ever wants to go back and figure out if I, no, there's too much work, please don't yeah. do it. But whenever Heat comes up, I try to ride the line right. of sounding like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, but never making a definitive like thing about heat, even to the point like I think when people are like, oh, have you been seeing heat? I've been like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, like sure, like is the quick, but yeah. I won't I won't keep commenting on yeah. it or I'll just be like, oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, heat. This is fucking that's so iconic. This is, uh, is going to be fascinating. And it's a shame. It's it's funny because we all we all can't watch everything. Right. And there's going to be blind spots. I, I, it's funny. I was glad you you came up with this idea because it, video game blind spots come up all the time for me. I've got um, millions of them. right, yeah. but but I'm, I mean I'm a little more dialed into that. Yeah, but still, um, and it just comes to it goes to show that you cannot see everything, no matter how popular or ubiquitous a thing is with a medium. Yeah, it's you're not going to do it. So. I, I'm excited to watch Heat. I'm excited to uh, once you figure out exactly what you uh, what your blind spot movie is, Shahir, because I know that was going to be a cliffhanger as well. Yeah, because um, uh, I actually have not I've not pecked uh, my blind spot yet. So he, uh, Shahir will announce that on Twitter at a certain point so you can catch up. But if you want to start now, watch Heat. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll see where we land uh, with that and send us in your own blind spots as well. Again, under a minute uh, is just two recordings that need to be a minute total because otherwise we 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 just can't do it. Um, uh, this, the heat conversation is going to be fascinating because I've watched heat more than a dozen times yeah. and like more than a dozen times. It like I've watched it more as I've gotten older. Cool. Uh, like I've watched I think I've gotten to a point where I watch it at least twice a year now. I'm curious if I like could identify like how 20 year old Matt would have liked heat yeah. and how, how a thousand year old Matt likes heat. I'm also fascinated by this because um, the dark Knight, for example, mm -hmm. is uh, a thousand percent indebted to heat. Yeah. Oh, like, sure. like heat is the model for the dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious whether all of that plays to you. The other thing about heat without spoiling it to, to get into this, there's a whole podcast. Um, Blake. One heat Blake, minute. Yeah. Blake Howard does a uh, one heat minute. I think when we've, when we talked to Blake, I've yeah. had to be like, Oh yeah. Heat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause he, Oh my God. He's been on the podcast a couple of times and we've talked about heat. No, and you've, you've all talked, talked about, about heat, heat and I have danced around the idea <laughs> yeah. that maybe I had smelled what would be a hint of heat. Right. 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 Um, I, yeah, I'm very curious how that, uh, how that plays with the, my, my only other feeling about heat that I think it, it does remarkably well every time I watch it now, is it is it is inexplicably four different movies all connected together. Yeah, that's right. And, like, and, and four, like, four different genres of movies, yeah. like, put together in one thing. And then, did we, I mean, we must have talked about Heat in the conversation about heist movies as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All Again, right. you did. And maybe <laughs> I commented on something offhandedly, but. Right, right, right. Um, well, let's do that. I, I, um, uh, I haven't picked my movie yet. Um, but I'm going to say I uh, because of a comment that someone had made to me, which I actually deeply agreed with, uh, which was that I don't uh, my blind spots are female filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make a point to to find uh, a female filmmaker uh, whose work I have not explored. For example, uh, as I mentioned before, I only saw the piano for the first time a couple of years ago, maybe a year mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And it was like. Oh my God! Why have I not watched this movie up until this point? Yeah. This is such a huge blind spot. I have for seen me. the piano. Um, yeah, so so um, so we will pick. Uh, I, I will announce my blind spot. Tell us what your blind spots are. Uh, are write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, send us those voice memos. You've got 
a week or two weeks. So I don't know what the time No, you is. have a week. You have a week to get us in your you voice have, room. Actually, t- technically, <laughs> if you want it in, you have less. If you're listening to this, if it's Saturday on Nebula, <laughs> uh, I, it, by I'm going to give you a date real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look up a calendar and we're going to see because I need to tell you exactly when that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, uh, great laid plans. Um, we totally <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Did we mention how we're getting better all and, the time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that's exactly what's happening right here. Okay. I think you you want these recordings by Wednesday the 18th. The 18th. Right. Um, but, but but you want them early in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you could get those in uh, a morning. I know it's not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it'd just be really, really good if you could do that. Cause normally we record these on Wednesdays and I edit them Wednesday evening. Okay. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, other people who to email us in at only podcast at gmail.com. We will talk about the creator. We will talk about the creator. I've got so much to say. About okay, the good. Okay. Zach had emailed us in. Uh, I think that releasing this film and he's talking of course, uh, about no one will save you. Uh, I think that releasing this film to on Hulu was a secretly brilliant move. When it comes to a film where sound and quiet are used to discomfort the viewer, I think forcing them to watch it in an environment where they're usually alone, as opposed to a theater where distraction is amplified in a dark environment, I think back to a quiet place where many of the stories of people on their phones are talking ruin the experience for the rest of the movie goes. Just a thought I had, and I wonder if you guys had anything to add to this. Two thoughts. Thank yeah. you, Zach. Two thoughts. One. Uh, a quiet place in the theater I was in was actually super respectful and it was one of the best theater going experiences I think I've ever had. But two, and I'll talk about this more when we get to the crater, that experience I had with a quiet place is a rarity. Right. And it, if I had to bet on things, I would never bet for that to happen. That was just a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. So I am a thousand percent with Zach on this, even though I did have a magical experience with a quiet place. Yeah. I don't think that magical experience is even remotely um, plausible or uh, it's not impossible. It's just highly improbable at this day and age. My my memory of the quiet place was that it was uh, it was an enjoyable experience because uh, everyone ha- in the theater had to buy into the idea that sound was what killed you. So when someone like put their hand into their popcorn and it made a rustling sound, you could hear the annoyance yeah. at everybody else, but like in a playful way. Yeah. So I thought it was great. Listen, um, I, the, you know, I watched the, uh, uh, no one will save you alone at home by myself. Same. Um, I, I don't know if that's the experience that you would have at home because, you know, I think it's easy to be distracted by your phone, by other people in the house, that, that sort of thing. So I wonder I, I while I I think releasing the film the way it did was a great move because I think it was like, hey, there's this movie out here, people are talking about it's good. And you know, it it didn't the expectation game wasn't as high. Um I think I do think seeing it in a movie theater would be great. I think it would be a really sure. fun experience to watch yeah. it in a movie theater. Uh also, side note, email us in at oldmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Do you I think we've asked this question before, but I don't remember the answers. Do you check your phone while watching a movie at home? I don't. Hmm. It's the only watching a film. It doesn't work for TV anymore. Watching a film is the only medium I ever put my phone down entirely for. Even if I stop to go to the bathroom, I don't check my phone between. I just I've been conditioned to not do it. I I have gotten into a habit of watching of of throwing on rewatchables so movies I've seen dozens of times before and I will throw them on with the express purpose that I can do other things. While yeah, that, on. that's a different experience. I think yeah. that what I'm, ta- I'm talking about when I'm watching not necessarily when I, when I want to engage in the act of watching a yeah. film, because I'll, I'll engage in wanting to play a game or watching a television show or reading a book. Yeah. I'll fucking jump back and yeah, forth yeah, like, yeah. A, like an asshole. So <laughs> let us know if that's what you do as well. Uh, next email comes from Jacob. 
Oh, good. I like this one already. A Bluey series would be interesting so long as they were doled out not too quickly. I've actually not been keeping up as well as I'd like to have been, even with your weekly episodes. Yikes! Life can be busy sometimes. So busy that I fear my thoughts in this very email might not be conveyed all that well. Haha, <laughs> best get going. <laughs> Jacob, may I say... <laughs> Vibes. Vibes. Uh, I, I a thousand percent relate to the vibes of this email. Yeah. Um, luckily, here's the cool thing about if we did a Bluey thing. Okay. The, and by the way, for those of you who are not familiar, I mean, the idea was that we do a podcast about certain episodes of Bluey called The Only Podcast About Bluey, and we release it either on Nebula or we release it on a, a Patreon or we do whatever. And as evidenced by how well we handle our episode 450 thing, we are going to we are gonna crush a Bluey podcast. Planning's going <laughs> real well. Um. The cool thing about something like that yeah. is I feel like, dare I say, even more than films, the, like you could stand to miss that for a couple weeks mm -hmm. if you wanted to go back and whatever. I don't think we're going to be like hammering them out like weekly or, 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 or here's the thing. If we have a limited run, maybe we would we would record them over a longer period of time and then release them weekly. But like we can't <laughs> handle another. Well, the the uh, the thing I would say about the Bluey podcast is, is a couple of things because I have I have a son. Uh, the Bluey and I don't. And the Bluey podcast would have to be kid friendly. Yep. For one, and it would have to be short. I think the episodes because you know the actual Bluey episodes are only about six minutes long. Mm -hmm. We'd want the Bluey episodes to be ten to fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes or something like that. Yeah, per, they'd be per, short. Yeah, they'd be short. You can't. And we, and we maybe we might like do a couple of episodes in an episode or something like a couple of uh, uh, you know like episodes from the show. Yeah, uh, we haven't yeah. we haven't figured out the format we haven't figured yet. It out. We definitely have not figured it out because we yeah. don't know anything about anything. Um, <laughs> other than Bluey is fantastic and you should watch it right now. But I've been I, on this show, dear listeners, you know that I we mm -hmm. both swear and we both are yeah. are monsters. Um it's funny, I think my work on extra credits and extra history sort of I, I'm I'm now more able to turn off the swearing. Yeah far easier than I ever have been before. Like it's an interesting, like it used to be difficult for me in my late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. And now I can like e pretty easily go knocked to PG like quite quickly. Well, I uh, hope we get to that point because again, I do think uh, the, uh, the innate nature of what a bluey podcast would be would mean that it has to be kid friendly. And then we do the intro would be like, do 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 Shahir. Dad. Dad. Actually, uh, we, we were having a long debate because I was doing a bluey dance with my son last night. Uh, the dad's name is... Ringo. No. no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chili is the mom. Chili's the mom. Uh, dad is a... He's a uh, they're blue healers. I, I had, it'll come to me later. Uh, anyway, one more email here about the creator of the movie that we are here to discuss, the Gareth Edwards film. Uh, Prashant writes in, I really... Bandit. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Rashad writes in, I really wanted the creator to work because I felt that Edwards was treated quite badly when Lucasfilm and Tony Gilroy talked about the Rogue One reshoots, where Edward was nothing but professional and gracious. Put a pen in that. We will talk about Rogue One in uh -huh. some detail. While the film certainly has problems with story and screenplay, I thought it had a lot of heart and strong emotional core. I was very teary-eyed in one particular part in the third act. I wonder if either of you reacted to uh, a movie in a similar way. I am willing to die for Madeline Luna Voyle's Alfie. Also, a funny thing happened to me at my screening. I watched the film at an independent cinema where they raffled off four posters as a prize, and I won! Hey! Thankfully, I really enjoyed the film, so I'd even put up the poster in my office. Have either of you won cool movie merchandise before? Have I won cool movie merchandise? I have not won cool movie merchandise. Yeah. What I did get 
mm. was my so I've I've had multiple friends working in movie theaters throughout my entire life. Yeah. And actually in college, one of my friends was working at the Cineplex, uh, not in I guess it was in Fitchburg. Yeah. Um, and they they know they knew how much I loved Sam Raimi's Spider Man. So at yeah. the end of the run, they brought me back a big standee with like shelving on it yeah. of Spider Man, and that lived in my college dorm room yeah. Yeah. for ages. Okay, um, it was kind of like my now playing rack. So yeah. whatever, if it was a record or if it was a game or if it was a movie, I'd always have it on the Spider Man thing, so people knew like what was what was what was playing these in, days in Casa de Matt. Yeah, <laughs> that was my. Casa I think that's Benito. my best. It was big. Yeah, yeah. I I remember that standee. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have won uh, any movie merchandise. I've probably collected some uh, over the years. Um, I The only thing I can remember is that at one point um, there was a Peter Jackson junket and I was going to get him to sign my Heavenly Creatures Blu-ray. Mm. But I think I didn't quite muster the courage to do it at the, at the last second. Um, and that would have been my only piece of merch. I don't have a lot of merch. All right, that's uh, fair. But we are here to talk about the creator, and I, I guess the first question would be, Matt, would you buy the creator merch? No! <laughs> not, on any, not on any circumstances. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Let, I'm going to say no with a, with a caveat. Okay. I thought this movie looked gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The art design and the world that they set up from a visual perspective mm -hmm. was so fucking Cool. Say and that it, in PG. That the <laughs> world that they set up was so flipping great. Okay, cool. Uh, I just could not like. I was really just enjoying having the visuals sort of wash over me. There was a lot of like a lot of pulls from a lot of my other sort of favorite sci-fi series and like things that felt like it was it. It felt like they gathered all of the right elements together that would fit in a comfortable way mm -hmm. and did it. So look. If there was a poster or a something or whatever that like really showed that off, mm -hmm. sure. Right. Uh, hell, I would in back when I used to collect uh, more small plastic uh, action figures that weren't involved in Dungeons and Dragons, I would have I even got maybe a, a, a standee or, or some sort of model of one of the robots because I, I thought I thought the the non humanoid faced robots. Yeah. Uh, we're all real fucking cool. I think you would enjoy the artwork of Simon Stalenhag, okay. who, who's uh, an artist. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a book of his a few years ago. Uh, there has been a show by Mark Romanik. Uh, I think it's called Tales from the Loop, uh, which has art, which is basically inspired by uh, Simon Stalenhag's work. Uh, and I felt watching, oh, yeah. yeah, watching the creator was either clearly influenced or they certainly referenced Simon Stalenhag at some point. Yeah, there's, there's like. This is very cool. His art seems very sort of mech centric, but yeah. not clean mechs. And then also like integrating uh, real more, environments, real environments and uh, more rounded elements. Yeah. Uh, into the mech work. That's cool. Yeah. Simon Stalenhag's great. And again, uh, Mark Romanek's show, which I haven't watched. Uh, I think it's called Tales from the Loop. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime or something like that. Um, so I had come uh, a oh, little. I'll just say the last thing I'll say was. <laughs> Too bad every other element of this movie pulled me out of this wonderful world that they designed. 
I, uh, a little bit of the behind the curtains here, uh, Matt and I will kind of like do a text exchange every week to say, hey, this is the movie we're going to talk about. Um, usually I'll come with a list of like, yeah. hey, this is what I think is uh, on right now. And then I'll be like, what if we just did Adam's family though? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, um, cool, 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 cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there were four movies on the list and I, I know we'd received a few emails about the creator and I was kind of like, okay, I think while I had heard the creator was not a wonderful film, uh, not a great movie. Um, I, I felt that there was going to be ample opportunity to, to to have a sort of meaningful conversation. Sure. And I thought a lot about basically the art style of the movie, the production value. You know, uh, Gareth Edwards is a well-known person in the visual effects world, even before Monsters and um, Godzilla. Mm -hmm. uh, he did tutorials. I actually did a few of his tutorials before he became a filmmaker. So I knew who the guy was, and I was excited for him mm -hmm. to become a filmmaker. I thought there was an interesting opportunity here to have a conversation about AI, because the movie is centered around AI and um, there's a lot of conversations, not least of which we have just had two strikes, uh, the sort of- uh, WGA and SAG-AFTRA. Yeah, WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And one of the main things about those strikes was the uh, the use of AI uh, and the sort of uh, current uh, explosion of AI technology being available to the public at large. So I think there was a lot of conversation there. I wanna talk about a monkey uh, because that was, as I watched the movie, the main thing I couldn't get over was a monkey. And and, and I, I want to dive right into a, into a scene immediately. Sure. And before Let's we even, go. Before we even oh, wait, do you want me to say what the movie's about? Tell us what the movie's and about. And then you talk about the monkey? Because goddamn, I've got so much to say about this okay. monkey. Okay, IMDb says the creator is as follows. <laughs> Against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot in the form of a young child. Were they monkey robots? <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, I, I, there is a lot to discuss here in terms of this film, uh, and I will say up front, uh, not all of it is good in my in my opinion. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, you know, from a from just a quick uh, cursory glance at the movie, I think the cardinal sin here is that it is deathly boring. It's uh, so boring. It's like I, I, you're watching it with this sort of like incredulous look on your face of like, well, everything that's happening should be amazing. But it is like, and then this happened, and it's a real and then this happened kind of movie, as opposed to and therefore. You know, we talked about that yep. about the South Park guys, um, you know, gave a talk where they said every script should be and therefore this happened. You know, so this action happened and therefore this happened. This is a real and then this happened. You're so right. And it was like, and I was just like, oh my God, I'm so, I, I, I can't quite deal with this at this moment. But there is a sequence. There is a sequence. Oh my God, let's talk about this sequence. Because I was like, in the theater, like as the sequence happens, I turned and looked at everybody in the theater. I was like, did we? Did I just see that? And then the movie ended and I was like, okay, the movie's ended. Can we go back and talk about this sequence? So there is a robot war in the middle of this. You will expect to see hear explosions and uh, you know gun battle between robots, humans, sure. uh, what have you. It's a little confused. But there is a sequence where a robot um, uh, is plants a bomb onto a tank, right? Like makes the effort, throws the bomb onto the tank and then has the detonator in its 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 little mechanical arms yep. and is ready to detonate. And it runs off into a corner and, and is ready to push the button when it gets shot and destroyed by uh, enemy fire. And the detonator is left lying on the ground. What's gonna happen? I don't know. What could possibly happen in this South Asian jungle other than a little, what do you say, a Campuchian monkey? I, I, I wouldn't the, even I, know. No. A monkey, a monkey, mind you, I must say this, a monkey, p 
picks up the detonator. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, this is interesting. What's going to happen with this monkey? I'm, you know, the monkey's going to fiddle around and maybe accidentally blow up the bomb or something like that. No, 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 good sir. The monkey moves into a space and then with uh, sort of uh, intentionality, squints its eyes and looks at the bomb on the tank, opens the lid to the detonator, and then, again, with intentionality, presses the button and, ex- and detonates the bomb. And that monkey and this event is never spoken of again. And I was just, I, I was like- That monkey end, might as well have had a bandana and been smoking a Marlboro and like <laughs> flick it off as it goes and turn around while the tank explodes and it walks like, away in slow motion. Why is this monkey not on the poster of the movie? So, so like, they do have, I, I was thinking about this moment too. Mm-hmm. There are other moments quickly in the film where they show or reference monkeys. Okay. <laughs> it is so brief and so like I, I just thought they were sort of like talking about evolution in the sort of way. But whatever. this monkey had it out for the for but the this d- monkey had real cool guys don't look at explosions <laughs> energy. Uh, There's another sequence where 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 a grenade is thrown into a room where there happens to be a dog, and the dog picks up the grenade and and runs it back to where 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 it came from, kind of like the dog was playing fitch. And I think the implication there is the dog doesn't understand it's a bomb. It's just like it's playing fish. I actually this thought is, the no, no. Here's the thing. I thought and I thought it was stupid. I thought that dog did know what it was doing because it didn't go and do like a fetch thing. It grabbed the bomb, brought it back to or the grenade, dropped it down a hill where the people who threw the grenade was. And then it ran away because it was waiting to play fetch. No, no, dogs, you've played fetch before. Dogs will drop something and wait for you to throw it again. This dog was like, I don't want this, and it left. And I was like, motherfucker, okay. So animals in this movie are also sentient. And they but, also really like AI. But this, like, I was like, there, there must be a Dunstan Chickson kind of, like, uh, offshoot of this movie where this monkey is going around destroying robots. Um, the, there is no but internal did, did, logic did, to this movie. Did, that, did the monkey thing, like, I was like, and, and as I left the movie, I was like, are we not going to talk about this goddamn monkey? By the time the monkey <laughs> thing happens, I had already checked out of the movie trying to make its own sense. Like, like again, the world is gorgeous. Right. But the, the conflicts that they set up outside, I'm talking about like, sure, the global conflict between AI and mankind, that I can understand. Yeah. But the mechanics of that conflict and how they did the things and why never made cohesive sense to me. So by the time... Even from a logistical thing, because the big thing is what N- Nomad is yeah. the is the big space station. Yeah, which by the way seems to be able to just teleport to different parts of the globe instantly. I didn't understand because in the in the first half of the movie, it felt like Nomad was on Earth, and then in the second half of the movie, Nomad is in space. I, so I thought it was always in space. It was just so big that you saw it close. But I didn't quite get the sense. But but in the beginning, it had to scan things to know where to drop bombs. And then it shows this thing when it launches its missiles against the final base. Yeah. It shows it scanning the ground, yeah. but it's not over that landmass. Yeah, so and then the missiles on the map show it launching from the U.S.'s area like and flying over the ocean. It's like, what the fuck is scanning? And so th- my point mm. is this. Yeah. The mechanics of this movie make no goddamn sense. Right. So you could you could argue a couple different things that with throwaway lines and whatnot, um, how the world is set up and why. But like they, the, the AI need to destroy Nomad because Nomad is the thing that's letting the humans just fly all over the place and rain Win destruction. The war. Yeah. And in the beginning of the movie, we get a real good uh, info dumps, uh, sort of like a newsreel throughout the ages of how we got there. And it was neat, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but they said uh, the AI detonated a bomb in LA and that started it. And while we are, uh, and so US stopped doing AI, but China kept going. And well, they, the US use AI. No, they don't. Well, they have the 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 AI bombs, the the Walker bombs. Those weren't AI though. I think that's. I think really? those. Well, my thing was those don't think. Right. But it's, they, it's, but, it's, yeah. it's it's a, I mean, we all know that like you can program a computer or a robot to do something and it's not really considered AI. Right. Because it's not it, intelligent. That, that, it has, it has instruction. That AI did say uh, it's been a pleasure serving with all of you and kind of hesitated to go. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Again, another thing that doesn't make sense. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Um, my point being. Yeah. Is then they're like, so we are not at war with China. But New we Asia, are, New Asia. New Asia. Yeah. But we are at war with the AI. And then they proceed to bomb the fuck out of New Asia. Yeah. And New Asia, we don't hear a fucking peep from New Asia. Mm-hmm. Like the country, the people that they're the, the landmass that owns the place that we're bombing. It's also it's a it's a big uh amalgam of East A Southeast Asian. Sure. And, yeah. and that's fine from a narrative perspective to get like sort of through the thing. Is it though? Is it though? Like, are we in Vietnam? Are we in Thailand? Yeah. Are we in? I'm saying, but the, at some point, it feels like we're in Japan. Yeah. Like, but these this are is all, the thing I don't understand. Yeah. Where's that government? Mm-hmm. We're literally throwing nukes out their soil. Where's that government? Pro or con AI? They, this it, it it set up a globe that made zero sense, basically. Yeah. And the mechanics of the war never made sense. Does a space station scan the ground to drop the things to do the stuff? And that's why they have to stop it because it can rotate around the globe really quick. Or does it have long range missiles? Also, if there's such long range missiles, you're telling me that AI doesn't have long range missiles and they have to develop a weird child that they're going to try to smuggle onto the space station to shut it down with psychic robot powers. <laughs> like, where are the ICBMs? Did they all just go away? <laughs> like, the, you have to jump through so many hoops that like I, I I couldn't I couldn't take anything seriously. And you add on to that abysmal dialogue. And I'll say decent performances, especially from Madeline, you know, uh Voiles, because that like That's a hard it's a it's a hard role. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't fucking know. And by the end, I'm like, this kid's lifting this entire goddamn movie. Yeah, I got it. Uh what's your stock on John David Washington as a leading man at this point? <laughs> We did Tenant. We've done okay. Black Klansman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tenant. I don't like Tenant. Yeah. I think the protagonist is a boring character. Mm-hmm. I think he played that character how he was supposed to, is instructed to play that character. Very straight faced, very, you know, non-emotional, you know, Christopher Nolan protagonist. Yeah. Um, here, when he was like in the beginning, when he was with his wife, uh, Maya played by uh, uh, Gemma Jim Chan. Chay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they're having like their sweet moments. Yeah. I was like, something's weird here. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't, I'm not buying this. Yeah. And like, cause she's acting yeah, and he's acting, but I'm not noticing her acting and I'm really noticing his acting. Yeah. And so having him in any sort of emotional context, I honestly didn't connect for me. Yeah. There's a weird, there's a strange thing, which is that in this movie, you feel that the movie is reaching for big emotional beats that are, and, and uh, you know, the phrase is not a dry eye in the house. There was not a wit eye in the house. Well, was, like there were two moments where I was like, I, I mean, Prashant. That's what I was going to say. Prashant. There was a moment that that actually the, affected Prashant, which I'm very glad to hear because I I, I could not I, get. Yeah, there. I was not. I was not in that moment at all. Um, e- either of them. And I and I look. I like um the place where I noticed John David Washington first, where I think he was like, oh, that's a movie star. Is Bola's the T the TV, mm-hmm. the Rock's TV yeah. show? Yeah, and, and Black Klansman and Black Klansman. Like yeah. I thought it was and. 
but but unfortunately in this it's just that he like he's not the guy to carry this movie and he's not carrying this movie and it's a real problem because there's nothing at the center of this movie that keeps you invested in it when the story doesn't even really make sense it's so funny the 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 robot replicant policeman that get, comes back a few times, mm -hmm. not enough to make him like a main character, but enough where you recognize his face. Uh, yeah. his, the character's name is Omni, I guess. It was Amar uh, Chata Patel. Okay, yeah. Um, I remember his moments. Yeah. His small, quick moments. Because he glances at his uh, at at one of his replicants that has been infected, uh, that that they've used, they've USB, USB'd someone else's brain into, yeah. right? And he's like, that's, you know, like, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. It's so, like, I remember all of his moments yeah. and the emotional context of them more than any of Joshua's it, moments. You know, and and the, the problem is, sorry, just it, the, the crux of this movie is Joshua and Alfie's relationship. Which we all know they're father, father, son, uh, daughter. Oh, yeah. There's no surprises in any oh, of this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, like, I mean, and that's fine. You know, I, I don't need it to 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 blow my mind. But but the film treats it as a surprise. I know. But I don't <laughs> need I've never needed it to blow it. I, I, I we knew that what was happening the moment that this movie was set up. Oh, his wife who died is pregnant, but she's also like the creator of this robot child. And like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And, and then there's the, a robot child that would approximately be the same age. Yeah. And then, oh, <laughs> look, uh, now they're thrown together in this happenstance and thing. And so, like, I the relationship between them was one of the most honestly the relationship with Joshua and Eddie character was the most unearned like instead of uh what was the phrasing we used from the South Park guys it was uh, and then and rather then, than yes and oh yeah because at some point he goes to visit his friend who set up the mission to begin with and and the whole time you're just like why are we doing this why like, are we here and all this like I never understood like there was no turning point that made Alfie and Joshua close they just all of a sudden were close there's one line that I did like but it may, it's unearned, which is that she's like, she says, um, where do people go when they die? They go to heaven. And he's like, I can't go to heaven. I'm not a good person. And she says, well, neither of us can because you're not a good person and I'm not a person. Sure. And up to that point, he's been rude and mean to her uh, yeah. and and like kidnapped her from her home. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they have a heart to heart on a bus. Yeah. And I'm like, is this the transition moment? <laughs> yeah. Like, I... <laughs> this movie went okay side note everybody yeah what i went and saw a 7 30 showing of this and shahir saw the later one i was waiting for my uber on a corner in astoria uh and you pulled up in a car and i was so confused yeah. at that moment i was my like friend virginia was in the car and she was the one like, near me and i was like why is who is this woman and oh that's shahir i don't recognize that car what is yeah. the, is this my uber what is happening yeah and and also what is up with this monkey? And so, so yeah, and the movie's still going in my head. And as you drove away, as I finally realized I had just talked to you, yeah. I was like, she's going to fucking hate this movie. <laughs> and you were going to like a 10, 10 o'clock show. Sure, yeah. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's funny. I, I, you know, on that question of like the balance of uh, the balance of the movie here, um, I think we are in a place where we, there is a lot of forgiveness for this movie because of its production design. So there are mm -hmm. a number of articles uh, out there about its production design. Do you remember when The Eternals came out and Kevin Feige was like talking about how it was amazing that Chloe Zhao was going to shoot in a real location and and he saw the footage for the first time and it was like, this. there was this amazing quote where he was like, oh, she shot on a real beach with real sunlight. That's incredible. And, I, and, and like the hundreds of years of filmmaking community kind of was like, was uh -huh. like, yeah, yeah. maybe there's something to take away from that. <laughs> Um, you know, this, the, while there's a lot of, um, ethnographic issues with the way 
uh, foreign cultures are used and otherized in this film. And and I think the, there's been a, a number of articles written which sort of call it um, in line with Orientalism and otherization. It's a cartoon. My, my only thing there is I don't think I, I watch it and go, I don't think there's malintent here. I think it's just... It's tone um, deaf. There's not, yeah. They're not meaning to do it. Like, because truthfully, yeah. New Asia is never really brought up as a as a people. It's yeah. just AI that are living in New Asia. Yeah. And then the US is like the cartoonish villains based on uh, a, th- a, a tragedy that literally we get told that a throwaway line was a clerical error. Written by humans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, look, that... Sorry, I'm going to go back into that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, there's a moment when the AI, I think it was um, uh, Ken Watanabe, says yeah. something about like, actually, we didn't blow up LA. That was a human error in code that did that. Yeah. And that felt like something that should have been, it, okay, it, it, in the movie's truth, in yeah. the story for the characters, either that is true or it's false. Yeah. But either way, that's the most interesting thing that happens in this movie yeah and to have it just be a throwaway line that meant nothing one way or the other for any character's meaning or, or, or drive or anything yeah i was like we're just leaving that on the table yeah. the whole reason this conflict is happening could have been just this thing and it, it could be uh, you know you could use that as an allegory for uh, the reason mm-hmm. a lot of wars start and like all yeah. the, like i'm just it was there was so much left on that, the table that for me that was the monkey <laughs> you know that was the monkey the monkey i was like we're just leaving this on the table we're not going to talk about this monkey anymore um i in the balance of the movie i think there is a lot of forgiveness for this film because it is, is shot in real locations mm-hmm. and those real locations and uh you can go and read uh, several articles about how the film was produced um uh, along with the VFX approach again Gareth Edwards is an incredibly skilled VFX artist Where did where was he before he was directing movies Gareth Edwards was he what you said you did his tutorials what yeah, tutorials did he do He used to do After Effects tutorials I know what were they called do you remember I don't remember what they were they cuz Andrew Kramer was the big guy yeah. on Video Copilot well, Did he work with Andrew Kramer No he oh. was on a, he was on another site Okay uh, cuz I I worked I did a lot of the Video Copilot <laughs> stuff and I was curious if he was part of that team No no it okay. wasn't part of that um but I did a lot of his tutorials and they were amazing because you know like Andrew Kramer stuff uh, if you if anyone's listening and is interested in visual effects, you should go watch all of Andrew Kramer's tutorials. It's really great. It's amazing work. Um, but like Andrew Kramer's stuff, uh, Gareth Edwards' work was like, oh, I want to do this because the results are exceptional and magical. Yeah. And so he's you know, and and I remember when the first uh, the first Godzilla movie came out, the Halo drop in the first Godzilla movie, extraordinary mm-hmm. visual effects, extraordinarily yeah. created sequence. That movie I'm not so hot on. All the human elements were bad. Um, yeah, yeah. And Monsters was also a movie, uh, again, extraordinarily made. Uh, not what, not a movie that is particularly mem- memorable outside of its production. Right. Uh, and then we've talked about Rogue One uh, in terms of... Uh, well, we haven't talked about it, but there is there is much uh, discussion about... We have uh, reviewed Rogue One. We have reviewed Rogue One. But right? we, no, no, but we haven't discussed the fact that what's come to light in the last few years is the fact that Rogue One uh, underwent several reshoots... Uh, and there has been a sort of um, subtle hint that Tony Gilroy, who eventually went on to make um, Andor, mm-hmm. was the architect of what Rogue One eventually became and is kind of credited as a ghost director on that film. Um, even though, you know, as Prashant... Uh, Maybe we didn't do Rogue One. I just searched no, no, our we, website. No, we, no, we did do Rogue One. Andrew Schultz was on that episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, he's literally looking at us uh, in a... Yeah. Uh, but, but we didn't talk... At, at that shout time, out to Schultz where the Raptors play. Yeah, yeah. But don't, but at that time, we were not aware of, like, the behind-the-scenes drama right. of that movie. Um, 
So the production of this film is extraordinary. It's shot on a uh, on a consumer camera that you can buy uh, in the marketplace right now. Um, so all of that makes it look astonishing. Like uh, I think you know this is a comparison that has been made recently as well, which is that the movie cost eighty three million dollars to make. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny cost three hundred million dollars to make, and this movie looks far far superior in terms of its visual effects execution. Uh, there's reasons for that, of course. Indiana Jones, um, uh, Harrison Ford himself probably cost like. $40 million, yeah. or whatever. Um, um, so there's a lot of forgiveness for this movie in terms of that. If there wasn't that forgiveness, if this was the standard model of production that we would go into, I think there would be much less forgiveness for this because it is uh-huh. it is, um, it is, is an incredibly, incredibly dire example of storytelling that does not accelerate or engage you in any way. And more than that basically lives on tropes that we already have seen a dozen times before mm-hmm. without adding to them you know like um alfie is baby yoda alfie is you know it's lone wolf and cub it's 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 you know the the sort of uh, estranged man who has to protect this the the weapon kind of thing yeah um the fifth element for example you know like it, it's it's all of this stuff re <laughs> redone Lilo Dallas multipath yeah yeah uh re redone without much of a of a seemingly an awareness of of how um derivative it kind of feels mm-hmm. and then at times like we were saying before um without an awareness of how much how perceptive the audience is so the reveal that alfie is probably some genetic byproduct of uh john david washington and jimmy chan's child is like like it's evident from the very first frame that she she Uh is on on screen but is not revealed to the third act and it's like and and it's treated as though it is a big surprise and was like no no we we Guys, we knew this. Another monkey moment for me. <laughs> yeah, and was, goddamn monkey was when he first finds the when they're going, when they're breaking into the facility to get the weapon. Yeah, and the this giant fucking portal esque door, like mm-hmm. a giant fucking vault seventy uh, yeah. seventy eight or whatever uh, seventy six like door opens after getting these codes. Yeah, and it's just a little kid inside the, of a the room. Terminator two codes, by the way, like the the, yeah. the, the little device. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, easy money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they it's a kid in an armchair watching cartoons yep. and then <laughs> when they get interrupted yeah. she's the, one of the characters is like run go and the kid can just leave through a hatch <laughs> yeah. and i'm like i'm like but you just there's a giant door you this is a vault there's, a, took, Simps- there's a simpsons gag which is exactly like that, that you had to crack and like <laughs> and they just climb she and and she climbs out of the hatch and, and it's I, just in the fields and I think it's also, it is meant to be a moment because this kid has not seen the outside world before. Maybe? We don't know. <laughs> the, the, everything can I show you something inexplicable that happens in the next scene? Sure. After all of that, and also Alice and Janie is, is in here chasing them down at some point. Chewing scenery. <laughs> yeah, CJ, so hard. Breaking teeth. CJ is, from the West Wing is just destroying this stuff. Um, there's So uh, John David Washington wakes up in a in a a room somewhere kind of before the dog thing happens, by the way. And his, and he sees Alfie, the character that he has just broken out from this door, from like this enormous locked room. And he's like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> he just like, he looks at him, he's like, get out of here, kid. And then like, he walks away and he goes, weird kid. And I was like, 
what is happening here? It makes no, it's like the movie forgets what it's doing and has to, again, no yes ending. It's just, and then. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, and then they have to go here. So they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and it, then pretentiously, the movie is like broken up into chapters called the father, the child, the mother, the friend. I think it was. I don't remember. And, and I, the friend is the most inexplicable where you're just like, it, it's it's not a great performance for one. And then the second thing is like, it had, it adds nothing to the movie. Like the, you know, you, you get told that uh, the friend says to John David Washington's character, don't, what is this character name, by the way? I don't even know who you're talking about. No, no, John David Washington's character is. Uh, Joshua. Joshua is kind of like, uh, he's been given his mission, which is to track down the Nimrata. Uh, and, and, and his, his mechanism of tracking her is a ring, <laughs> which he, he gives her because he wants to get married to her. And, and also, by the way, he, why him? Also, why, why, why does, why are they using him? He was probably the best man for the job. And is the, he? But, no, but, <laughs> but hold on. The, the way that it's set up is, and you revealed this through a series of very poorly edited flashbacks. Yeah. Um, that and, she, and he, the the friend says, "Don't go native on me." Don't go native on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, a very clear apocalypse now, you know, reference. So, <laughs> so he's going to go see Maya and try to marry her or have a family to get close to Maya's father, who they believe to be the the original Nimura. Nimrata. Nimrata. Whatever. Which is a Hindi name, weird apparently. And then. It's acting like a mystery of who that person is, even yeah. though, like the entire movie, no one knows who Nimrata is. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but we knew, and that's his daughter. So, like, you're going in there. And then it turns out that, like, she was it the entire time, but, like, not really, because it was also her father. And then she became that. Nimrata, sorry. Nimrata. Yeah. Uh, and then she became that person when he died, but yeah. then, then she was dying. <laughs> so. It's also, it's also, I, I mean, this is not the movie's fault, but it's like, it's not clear how she is the mother of AI. I was like, is she just really good at mid journey or something? You know, like that's the other thing too. Like I, the, the, what I, especially from uh, the very limited marketing I'd seen and the name, yeah, the creator. Yeah. I thought it would be like, there'd be something about the creation of AI or the creation of mm. whatever. And I still Here's a good question for you at home and Shahir right in front of me. Who is the creator? It's her. It's Jimmy Chan, right? Is it? Yeah. Because. It's the monkey. <laughs> it's the goddamn monkey. Because we don't. The creator, like. If that's true. But she's died. She's right? the MacGuffin of the film. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Because at one point, so why is that the point of what we're, what the movie is, what the the titular character, if you will? But she, yeah, because she has created Alfie, right? Sure, and AI, and maybe her dad no, did. Her dad created AI, or is the, but like, okay, it's <laughs> called the creator, know. but the creator does nothing in this movie. The creator's not even in the movie. But I don't. <laughs> the monkey is. The monkey's in the movie. The monkey knows what's up. I think the reason why I'm so angry at this film, and I left and I I, I ranted at Jamie for 20 minutes when I got to her place <laughs> yeah. afterward. I was like, the thing that gets me about this movie is you see so much fucking potential. Yeah. You see, like, the writing is on the wall of this being one of the greatest sci-fi films of all time. Ever made. And and they just squander it. It, it's it's interesting because I think as well it, it is really working in the same tropes as things like Blade Runner, um, and you know if you 
peel apart Blade Runner, uh, it's pretty silly. But this has none of the elegance to kind of make to 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 gloss. It, it doesn't have the elegance to even gloss over and to yada yada the stuff away. Mm-hmm. It keeps getting in the way of itself. And, and it sets itself up that the things that it is yada yadaing mm-hmm. are also the most important things in the world. <laughs> yeah. And but then they they don't make sense. So you're like, <laughs> how can I latch on emotionally to anything that's going on? And as an audience, then you start just asking questions like I was about the monkey. Yeah. But also like at the end when uh Alfie basically has to carry out a mission to run across the nomad, like and the, none of the timing makes sense. You know, like that's what happens when you when you get a movie like this where you, d- you know, like, as I said, I wanted to talk about artificial intelligence and the fact that we're using it so much now and what it means and what the movie could contribute to that conversation. Uh, and also the the, the fact that the, the conversation we could have around production design and that sort of thing. But but the movie executes so poorly on ter- in terms of actual basic storytelling that I just spend my whole time going, no five-year-old is running across. Because I think that that character is supposed to be five years old. And I was like, I, I've had a five-year-old. There's no way a five-year-old is running across that. She's thing. also a supercomputer. She's also a supercomputer. But, uh, the- but, but also, like, at some point, we established that Nomad is this enormous, enormous facility. And then they set the timers for five minutes. And then it's like, it's literally like four minutes later, the timer clicks over to three <laughs> and you're like, this is supposed is to be happening? a space station that you can see from the ground. Yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> it looks neat. Mm. It sure does look neat. Yeah. And then look, when she finally gets to with no, I think there's like two sections of guards and then the rest, like everyone's just not in nomad anymore. Yeah. They're just like, well, and she shit. gets to the big glowy room with the globe map and sits in the middle of it and does her robot praying. Yeah. And then, uh, it's makes it all fine. And the thing comes crashing down after the bomb and like, whatever. Right. Yeah. I couldn't believe the level of return of the Jedi bullshit <laughs> that happens as this stuff is coming and crashing to the ground. Like uh, it has a real, like, this isn't real and nothing matters kind of, yay! There, there, they, there are characters that are running towards the explosion um, as though it's like, oh, it's fine, now it's down, hooray! And you're like, what is happening? Like, how how many, if the, if the thing was that big, yeah. how many fucking people are dead? Oh, how many tsunamis are happening? <laughs> like, like it's... <laughs> but see, that, and the, 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 sorry, the, the, this is my point. We can pick apart a lot of sci-fi movies and say things like this. Yeah. The reason why it is a detriment to this film and sometimes not a detriment to others is this film's entire design is made to make you feel like this is a real lived in place. Yeah. So you start asking questions that would relate to a real lived in place. And when the movie can't answer them or treats them like a Saturday morning cartoon, it feels so disjarring. Like I, 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 my brain was haywiring. The entire movie was the monkey moment for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I and, and I think that that's the disconnect. It's okay to hand wave, yeah. but not when you set up your world to be so pristine that like you would never expect it. And and again, uh, like it comes down to me to the writing of the story, which is poor, uh, and the fact that there's nothing to carry it. You know, like I, I the I, visuals I, try to carry it. Well, I, I like John David Washington a lot, and I think you know Ball is great, but like. I think this is not the guy to do this movie. You know, like this. Is- I, I don't, it's funny because I, I liked him in Ballers. I liked him in Black Klansman. Yeah. So I don't want to put the entire onus on him. Yeah. Perhaps he picked up some bad habits from Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Perhaps 
maybe he was directed to do the, yeah. the act this way. I, like maybe he's, he's doing the assignment. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, and and it there's it's just not the right performance to kind of like the emotional weighty moments just aren't there for me. Like I, you know, again, Prashant, uh, I, I appreciate that you had those moments, and I could see the movie working towards those moments, but I really, I really, I was just thinking about the monkey. I was only thinking about the monkey at that point. I, and, and I'm not being glib about it. I'm not trying to say that 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 I I I wasn't trying to engage with the movie i'm just saying the movie didn't get me there i also had a really bad experience in the theater which mm -hmm. i think so i'm going to describe something and i think it's also why a lot of alfie's performance didn't land for me yeah. because i think she does a really great job i think she's fine yeah um a family mm -hmm. of i think seven right with four children right rolled in <laughs> yeah, to the 7 30 show of this movie yeah what is this movie rated i'm sure not uh PG -13. yeah PG yeah um and this movie has imagery. While it's not very bloody, there's blood. Yeah. Um, th it has movie that is uh, elements, visuals that are reminiscent of firing squads yeah. and slaughtering civilians, which it, like it, it, is, it is a heavy film if yeah. you can read it. And how old were the kids? Young. Right. Yeah. That and happens to the, a lot. To yeah. the point yeah. where they were just screaming in the background yeah. like the entire movie. And like people were shushing and like whatever, no one cared. And by the end of it, I heard the mother just go, just go play. Right. <laughs> and so the kid was running up and down the stairs the yeah. entire, and this isn't the kid's fault. This yeah. is the fucking parents' fault. Yeah. But I was so annoyed at the like, literal concept of children at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even though it is, again, not their fault, they're yeah. children. When Alfie was on the screen doing, you know, whatever, I was like, I don't give, I, I can't concentrate. How can I have an emotional connect? I, I don't, I like, so that wasn't the movie's fault. Yeah. But it led me even back to some of the emails before. Like, I wonder mm -hmm. if I would have had a closer emotional experience if that wasn't happening or if I watched it at home. I went to a grown up screening right after you. There was only like five or six people in the movie theater. My friend Virginia was next to me, who's a very smart movie watcher as well. Uh, and we both, like, I, I, I think I walked out of it, and and this was something I didn't want to say on the podcast, but I but it was my my first when she asked me what I thought of the movie, my immediate reaction was I can't tell if that's the dumbest smart movie I've seen or the smartest dumb movie I've seen, and and she, and she turned she goes it was a big pile of poop, <laughs> <laughs> and then I said can we talk about the monkey? Um, so that sure. Was, that, that was our grown up conversation after the movie. Man. Uh, and I feel, I feel bad about like having those kinds of reactions to it because again, there is rightly a kind of, um, a, a moment happening in Hollywood right now in blockbuster movies of this kind of scale um, where the conversation really is about what is the future? Because like a trailer for the Marvels played uh, before the movie. How many times can you remix Beastie Boys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think there was a, there's a thing in that I, I haven't watched the trailer, but I glanced up at it, and Nia DaCosta is directing it, who we both love from her Candyman mm -hmm. um, uh, remake, and I think she did a film called Fast Color. She did a Variety uh, article recently, or Vanity Fair article, where she talked about the making of of the Marvels, and she was just like, I don't understand. She, the director of the film was texting Ryan Coogler and, and Taika Waititi and saying, I don't understand what's happening uh, as she was making the movie. And she says in there, I just want you, you know, I, almost preemptively in the article, she goes, this is a Kevin Feige movie. 
or, you know, like, and not in a sort of mean way. She's sort of saying, just want everyone's expectations to know that the way that these things work is this is really a Kevin Feige production and I'm just kind of helming it. Um, and so she's been a jobber at that point. She's, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but the point being, and I think you can see it in the decline of the way the Marvel movies are being received at this point is that we are currently in a, and even Indiana Jones, uh, we're in a slight point where we are tired of the, the volume, the green screen work, the uh, sameness of yeah, it. the sameness of that kind of thing. So when a film call like this comes along, mm -hmm. that is, you know, harkens back to his first film monsters, um, in terms of both its production design, its innovation, its technology approach, um, even the sort of beautiful images that we saw from Simon Stalhag, we are excited by like, oh, someone's got a new, you know, got, yep. is someone's going to come in and shake the dust and make us remember why a big budget film like this can be exciting to watch. I think Denis Villeneuve has also been doing that with mm -hmm. Dune and um, uh, with Arrival. Um, but... Uh, you know, this is not, this is, as, I, as I'm as i trying to, you know, as we've always talked about on this podcast, being very honest about our opinions about the movie, this is not a movie I would recommend mostly anyone to watch, uh, other than it's an interesting thing to watch from a visual effects point of view. Yeah, uh, and, and, and... But that is not a reason to watch a movie. And world design. Yeah, but like, that's not a reason to watch a movie either. If that's what you're interested in. I mean, you you could learn a lot from the from the way that the visuals are crafted, presented, designed here. But are we, but are we essentially saying watch the movie with the volume turned off? Sure. You know, that's what I, look, I'm not, the, yeah. the movie itself as a whole for me does not work. And I would not recommend it for, hey, what's a good sci fi movie to go watch? Yeah. This would never come up. Yeah. Um, which, which makes me sad because I do appreciate the swing. I, I'm so bored with Marvel and what sort of what we're getting at this point. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I think I, I we always want to celebrate the swing. Sure. Always going to celebrate the swing. Always celebrate a original piece of IP, right? Yeah. Like 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 an original piece of storytelling uh, that has no um, tie to um, uh, previous IP at all. Um, and in in the marketplace that we live in, we would hope that just that swing alone would garner this movie um, a good box office return. Hasn't. And and then there's just a lot of you know, problem, not problem, problematic is the wrong word. Uh, a lot of storytelling that doesn't add up. The hand, the hand waving goes beyond uh, logic. It yeah. goes into culture. Yeah. Um, and that is, I'll even say partially, again, you can hand wave anything in a movie if that's what you set up your movie to be doing. But this movie is telling you with its visuals and the way it is constructed throughout, this is real. You, this is a this is a world that is functioning based on these things. And the second you ask one question beyond the front loaded uh, newsreel at the beginning, nothing makes sense. And it's it's from a geopolitical perspective, yeah. from an AI perspective, from a uh, did missiles just go away perspective? <laughs> yeah. Like there's from a monkey perspective. The missiles landed. No, no, I know. Missiles crashed on the ground and didn't detonate. Right? I'm and, saying yes. And they're and they're city sized missiles. I'm saying. <laughs> How do the AI not have missiles that can hit NORAD? Well, because they, they've been spending all their time they're building Buddhist temples, for one, and they've been spending their other time. Also, <laughs> also, gee, where are the AI hiding? We have to find their secret base. NORAD can do this. Wait, hold on. Oh, it's that giant <laughs> fucking gold orb temple on the side of the, the mountains. Oh, is, could that be it? Also, they, they really uh, play the, uh, we fired and missed something at you. 
and then turn around. Oh, there is a bomb on your back. They do that twice. They do in that this, twice in this movie, and it's like both the first time. It's like, yeah, there's a bomb on your back. I I, I saw that person fire something at you, and, and it hasn't gone off yet. And then they do it the second time. It's just like, and, and it's Alice and Jenny the second time, and it's like. Wait, there's a bomb on her back. They do it twice. <laughs> and as a, again, small thing, as a infantry weapon that yeah. that thing is basically used and presented as, that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. None, none, none. <laughs> it, it, you either have a gun or a rocket launcher. You don't have a clip bomb like you're in Team Fortress. <laughs> like it does, it, I, I, I am so mad at what this movie could have been. Um... My, it, it, I, I, I think I've said this already. It pains me to, to give a negative review of sure. this movie. It actually Same. really like physically pains me to do that because I don't want to be that guy. And, no. but you know, uh, honest about my opinions. Um, the worst opinion I will ever give about this movie. Uh, I, I think maybe this opinion is outdated now, but this really did feel like it was written by chat GPT. It really feels like this was a yeah. write me a script about the the turn of the century in a robot for you know like uh, in a war between AI and humans and like you could see this being spit out and AI attacks LA with nuke yeah turns and, out to be a clerical error yeah yeah this is this is quite a pro AI movie as well uh, I you know and I I th I think that's a novel idea that the the movie is like AI is the um, is the protagonist in this movie or or the good guys, you know, the 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 rebellion. Um Ralph Mc is it Ralph McInnes uh who plays the general in this? Um sure. he's his voice uh is it Ralph McInnes or Ralph Innes, I think is his name. Um he's so he's got Ralph Innocent. Innocent, yeah. He's from the office. Yeah. He was in The Witch. Uh incredible voice. Such a such a such a low, deep, gravelly voice that the first time he appeared, I was like, are they gonna make the suggestion that he's a robot because his voice is so yeah. low? Um, yeah, none of this plays uh, rightly, and you know the monkey, <laughs> the monkey should be on the poster. the mo The monkey should have been the creator. I want to. I want to <laughs> point out something. So again, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I'm mad at this because more movies that have been worse have more emotional resonance than this movie does, which I guess makes them better. Like, you know what I've been watching lately? This isn't a, mo a movie, but a TV show. Yeah. I've been watching uh, Gen V, the boys spinoff about oh, the yeah, college yeah, yeah, superheroes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's dumb as fuck. Right. But I give a shit. Right. The world they set up makes sense in the context that that the that world has been presented to me. Yeah. And it's given me characters that I, even though the situations are dumb and it's some edgelordy shit, I actually care. Right. I wanted to care so badly about I, this I, movie. I was astounded how much I had checked out of this movie by the first act. Yeah. Like, and it was, it, it was, it was sort of unbelievable that, because the movie continues to move. You know, like, there was a point where they, they, they find Jimmy Chan's character and they have a conversation with her. And then it was like, oh, and now we're going to go on the final mission. I was like, oh, good God. Oh, are we really doing this? And then the whole final mission, I was just like, oh, God, this is still going. Yeah. Why are we still doing this? Look, and actually that sentiment could be reflected in our talk right now. I think we've said our pieces on this movie. Yeah. Why are we still doing this? Why are we still doing this? This has been the only podcast about <laughs> the film, The Creator. Shahir, when you are not in a war between machine and man and you see 
a uh, detonator from a bomb that's on a tank falling next to you and you turn around, pick it up and notice you have a tail. <laughs> Where can folks find you? You can find me monkeying around and doing guerrilla warfare wow. on my website, www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are inserting your brain sure. into onto a USB drive to to be revived into a into a slowly dying body and your last words are don't go see the creator where, where can people find you you can find me <laughs> just slipping into the beautiful uh, abyss that is zeros and ones over at my website m a t t h e w k r o l.com for my life and works also skeletor the number 4 p r e z on instagram or psn if you want to play some mortal kombat 1 come challenge me motherfuckers i mean mother fathers if this yeah. was the bluey podcast yeah. or emperor msk on twitter or matthew Kroll on blue sky um, next week, we've talked about it already, will be our uh, black hole. What are you? <laughs> Blind spot. Blind spot. <laughs> we did a lot of work. We, um, your movie's heat. I haven't picked mine yet. I will pick it in the next day. I will announce all of this on Twitter. I know we record this on a Wednesday and won't be released till Sunday or Saturday. Saturday on Nebula. Um, but I will announce all of the um, or, or all of the information about the Blind Spot episode. I apologize in advance for the fact that we weren't as organized about this as we could have been. I'm really curious. What are your blind spots? And I would love for you to watch them. So please, if you do, uh, if this is a reminder to the things that you've seen on Twitter and Instagram, please watch your blind spot movies and tell us what, and tell us what you thought about them. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk heat with you. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, real quick, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have there are Nebula ads now for our podcast that are that are on the regular feed. So first of all, thank you to everybody who has signed up for Nebula using our code. Uh, it's in the description if you want to do that. That'd be lovely. Um, but yeah, that's it's actually really going to be helping us like keep the lights on yeah yeah keep go, our, go go pay for movies like the creator yeah yeah right i mean i guess yeah. that's what it's doing but no seriously thank you for that and um yeah look we're growing ever mm -hmm. ever changing ever forward we're we're, we're like, like a, little ai like little ais yeah yeah <laughs> um just really we're just learning how to recreate hams anyway uh thanks so much for listening next week will be a fun one and we will talk at you then bye everyone bye